The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Before the show starts, make sure you visit the breakfast store for all the sweet breakfast merch like the super comfy Breakfast t-shirts and the very dapper breakfast coffee mugs. Go there now, breakfaststore.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you've arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I am your host, Brent Pope, and my guest today is a returning guest from Breakfast number one, the most OG Breakfast guest that there could possibly be, because there's there wasn't a number zero. So actor, comedian, acting coach, momming so hard. It's Mary Kennedy. You know her as new Fiona from Shameless and from her numerous roles on Conan. She also has a new show on Hulu, and she's going to tell us every little detail about it. No. Oh. <laughs> she's going to tell us most of the details of this show. Nope. All the backstage <laughs> goss. Nope. <laughs> she's going to tell us maybe one thing about the show, <laughs> and that's not all. We had breakfast at one of my favorite spots, Black Heart Coffee home of the Princess Leia holding a black heart mural. So let's go. We have Mary Kennedy today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. All my uncles got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's breakfast time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Mary Kennedy, welcome to the tiny studio LA in NoHo. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Look, we have to get to all these details about the new show. <laughs> the new show. No, we don't. I can't. I can't I say know. anything. It's the most it's just frustrating funny. thing as an actor. It is, right? Yeah. It's 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 hard. I mean, I'm so excited about it, and there's stuff being talked mm -hmm. about, but I'm not involved in the talking about just yet. Yeah. So my team. My team. So right. Hollywood. They're like, you can't talk about it yet. Because there always is the fear that you're not going to make it to the final cut. Absolutely. So, I mean. Let's not put that out there. I'll make it. I'll make you it. You are going to make it <laughs> to the final cut. Yes. Yes. But I'm excited about it. And it, it's going to be an epic yeah. series. It, you know, I think Simon Cowell say, it's going to be three yeses. Yes. <laughs> you're on to Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's it's good. It's 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 going to be fun. Comedy? Drama? I would say or it's, it's a, a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. Oh, those are my favorite type of shows. Yeah. It, it's definitely something that everyone will enjoy. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you're not going to guess. Please don't. Because I can't say anything. Is it, um, <laughs> <laughs> is it the new Rocky comedy TV show? <laughs> yes. It is, actually. By the way, you do a lot of stand-up comedy. Yes. I've seen you a few times live. I've mm -hmm. seen you many times watching your stuff online. You're really funny. I was just watching. I, I don't know how I missed this. It was like Bill Burr. I don't know if you're a fan of Bill Burr, but like him going off on the, <laughs> Philadelphia that one time. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. That was the wildest thing I've heard for a while. And yeah. I, I listened to it, and then I went, I don't know if you ever do this now, like you listen to those reaction channels where people like react to like, older songs that we would listen to and then it, but it's these young people listen, and so it's like 
people reacting to Bill Burr talking about this. And I listened to like three different people react to what they thought of Bill Burr talking. I guess my question is like Bill Burr, it was a really, it was a weird situation, I guess. It was a really long show and they were doing it like outside and people were like throwing footballs and stuff. Anyway, have you ever done shows in Philadelphia? Never in Philadelphia. Boston, New York, on a bus. Okay. Going to Boston. Yeah. I did stand up once at a sports bar where no one was paying attention. Yeah. And yeah. That's but what's, I, I, I was going to ask you, I guess, what do you think is the toughest environment you've ever had to do comedy in? And what's the one where you like were able to win the crowd over despite the really crazy circumstances? Probably the weirdest gig I ever had was on the bus. I used to take the Greyhound bus from New York to Boston to visit okay. my family. Because I was in my early 20s, right? Yeah. And um, it's so funny. Like, I don't know if you ever have taken that route. But sometimes not everybody knows what to do. And if you're a native New Englander, like, I could literally get on the bus yeah. and drive us. It's a pretty easy street shoot. Well, the, how, long, how long of a bus ride is it? Four hours. Four hours, okay. Um, and I was next to the guy who had sleep apnea who was chewing gum. Who, <laughs> who was chewing gum and when, as he would wake up, the gum would like almost slide out of his mouth. So yeah. I had to like, that was frightening. Oh my goodness. So anyway, we broke down like I would say probably in New Haven, which is about two hours out of. So you're halfway there. Only halfway, halfway there. Halfway there. And, you know, this is a route that the Greyhounds do all the time, right? They do it all the time. So I don't know. And it wasn't cold. It wasn't a blizzard. I think it was in the fall. And we were stuck there for in the middle of nowhere. We were near like like farmland, right? Yeah. And I was, first of all, so frightened by sleep apnea, man, that I got up and I decided because the bus driver had left us. We were kind of stranded. So I did five minutes of stand up over (laughs) the, hello, everybody. Welcome to Greyhound. I was over that, and it was interesting. I had laughs. I did have mm-hmm. some hecklers on okay. a bus. On the bus. But, uh, yeah, early on in my career. But that was the weirdest location ever, and I ended up winning them over. So. What's the heckling sound like on a bus, though? I mean, what are they saying even? like <laughs> They're pushing press stop to get out, you know. No. Ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> no. They just were like. We're already stopped. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty. And listen. I got to say, the people on the Greyhound bus, some of them are like convicts, like ex-convicts. It's their first ride. So it was a tough crowd, but I did it. Well, you're going, you were going to Boston, right? I was going to Boston. So I assume that they were all convicts. (laughs) Is that the best stereotype? (laughs) I I, I have friends from Boston. They're not convicts. No. And then these guys that were convicts on the bus now follow me on New Ah, New Fiona. Yeah. Yeah, They do. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know what? You converted them in more ways than one. Well, yeah. No more crime. I've seen the no, light. No, 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 no. Convicts oh. follow me. Do you know convicts can have a Facebook page? Are you saying p- people that are still in prison? Yeah, they follow me. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. I think that's kind of nice. <laughs> Come on. No, you don't think so? I mean, look, you're in prison. You got to have some of them. They're having fun. You're giving them some joy in prison, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Uh, or is it something else? I don't know. I mean, Well, military men, widows, convicts. Bob in Missouri, they all follow me. Look, everybody needs <laughs> needs some laughs. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I'm talking about New Fiona, and I know when my New Fiona oh, yeah, is New running, Fiona, right? Oh yeah, because yeah. they all are. They all go on my Insta. We're talking about your 
recurring character on Shameless. Yes. On the American version of Shameless. Yes. Was there a new Fiona on the other Shameless, the British one? Did you ever yes. research that? Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Have you ever met the other new Fiona? No. Okay. So new Fiona, which is uh, Fiona is one of the daughters on uh, Shameless. And then all of a sudden Frank, the dad, is like, I'm going to get new kids and name them this just to spite At my kids. At a homeless shelter. At a homeless <laughs> shelter. So you were new Fiona. I was an out-of-work prostitute who worked for food. Mm. Yeah, they put you in just like the craziest costumes and craziest situations. Yeah. And, but it was a very fun character. And I think very memorable. And that's why people follow that character. And <laughs> just, yeah, I made the, I didn't, this didn't happen last time because it, it didn't, ha- the end of the season, we end, or the end of the series ended after season 11. Right. And then I got made uh, Shameless Hall of Shame. So there's six episodes of Shameless Hall of Shame, and I made two of those episodes. That's great. Now, wait, are these, is this new material, or is it just like highlights, kind of it's, anthology type stuff? It's highlights that they pulled from our original episodes. That's great. Episodes. You yeah. made the highlights from, you know, yeah. your episodes you were in made the highlights of a show that lasted like 11 seasons. Yeah. So I, I think I finished like the first nine seasons, so I'm... I guess I need to finish the last two. I last just kind of, you know, sometimes you're, you're watching shows so long and then all of a sudden you just forget. It comes back. You don't notice that it came back. And then you're like, oh, I missed the last two seasons. And then you're like, ah, oh, it seems daunting now. <laughs> but, but I watched the first nine. I've invested yeah, a lot of you're time committed. in it. Yeah. yeah, just watch it. And I'll tell you, you know, season 10 was wonderful. And I would say season 11 was wonderful as well. Great. The last episode, because I did watch it, of mm-hmm. course. I was such a fan. Sure. The last episode really moved me. Oh. I mean, working on that show was like working with a family. And I'm so, 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 so proud of Jeremy Allen White, who played Lip. Dude, he's yeah. got He's got his new show, Bear, which I'm, yes. Yeah. So it's all good. The Bear, is it The Bear or Bear? I think it's The Bear. Yeah, The Bear. Yeah. It was great. And uh, you know what's funny is, like, I have a lot of friends that, because it takes place in Chicago, right. this one, right? But it's still kind of same working class mentality. Mm-hmm. I would say Chicago and, and Boston have a lot of similarities in that way, right? Yeah, absolutely. And um, I have a lot of friends that are from Chicago, and they were like, oh, God, because they're talking so much about the Italian beef sandwiches. And they're, <gasps> so they, kept, they kept referring to the show as beef porn, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. It's like you watch a show, and you're sitting there going, I'm so hungry right now. Well, and, and when I worked in Chicago, that was the first time that I tasted an actual Chicago pizza. Mm. And what happens with the Chicago pizza is they hide the meats. They hide yeah, them right. underneath the cheese. Sure. So when I got my deep dish pizza, I was like, wait a second, where is the meat? <laughs> Where's like, the beef? Peekaboo. <laughs> and it's underneath, and yeah. it's so delicious. Yeah. Have you been to the, uh, I guess, I think the only kind of authentic deep dish place in the valley? Gino's East. Yes, it's delicious. Yeah, it's not, but not the same as it's sitting not the in Chicago. Same. It's not but, the same. Do you but, think it's, I mean, the people are from Chicago. Do you think it's just because the water's different? I mean, what do you what do you attribute it to being like slightly different from? I think it's the water uh-huh. because I literally had a New York bagel on the Upper West Side yeah. that tastes nothing like the bagels out here. So I, it might be the nostalgia. It might be, you know, the love that they put in the food and the yeah. anger. It could be that <laughs> or, you know, but it does taste different. I think it might be the water. There's a, there's a more crunch, a more that's sort of doughy than crunch. Yeah, I guess it could also really be you're making food in a different climate. And so yeah. it's harder to make the food exactly like if you like if you cook something in, in the mountains, like in Colorado, at higher altitude. The water boils at slightly different temperature and, you know, it's more humid or it's less humid here, I think. So maybe that's maybe it's all those things and maybe it's just impossible to like, kind of make it exactly the same. Well, my grandmother was a pastry chef. She okay. was. 
you know, all the pastry chefs from Portland, Maine. Um, she came from Portland, Maine, but oh, she, the other Portland. So trivia question. That's yes. the other. That's the that's the city. That's the largest city in two different states. Portland. There you go. And so she met my grandfather, okay, who was the tax commissioner of Massachusetts, and he would bring dignitaries back to our family home in Marblehead, Massachusetts. My grandmother would have to make five course meals. So my wow. grandmother knew the dessert portion, but she opened her cookbook. And she watched Julia Child too, you know, okay. later later on. But I don't think she was even around when she did this. And she would open the um, cookbook and she'd make a, like a five course meal. So she would tell us the reason I'm coming back. I'm coming okay, back. Yeah, yeah, no, the yeah. reason the reason she wouldn't make like a souffle or um, anything that had to rise. Yeah, she wouldn't do it when it was really hot out. She said, I can't cook that. I got to wait until the fall. And I don't know if that was because she didn't want to heat up the kitchen or if it had something to do with the temperature. I that's never interesting. I always think that's a that's a factor that's like, it's not unfair, I guess, because they all have to do it. But I do think if you have a cooking competition show, you want people to be able to do their best, right? Yeah. Not necessarily put them in the hardest position. I don't know. I mean, I think I'd rather have the food be good than like see how tough they are against on the Great British Bake Off, or the, right? They're outside in They're the tent. They're always outside, and it's always like, it's 100 degrees, and let's make uh, ice cream, you know? <laughs> like, we need a dish that's made out of ice cream and melted chocolate, or not chocolate, frozen chocolate. It's like, but it's 100 degrees in here. And then you have a British lady who's like, I don't know if this is a good idea. Yeah. Like, what about the biscuits? What do you think? He loves yeah, the, the biscuits. Yeah, the judges are like, well, I don't know if this is... I don't know if they're going to be able to do it in this temperature. <laughs> then why are you giving them this? <laughs> and then they disappear, you know? Yeah. And they're like, okay, you know? It's like, I totally, I watched, I, I binge watched that during COVID. Oh, yeah. I, I just saw last night, there's like a kid's version of it also. Really? Yeah. It's it's uh, on Netflix now. And then Hollywood will shake hands. Like, that's the big deal. Like, yeah. But gets, he doesn't now. No. <laughs> well, this is, and then I, there's a famous episode where he gave three handshakes and went around. I was like, well, now it's not special anymore. Like... <laughs> Three <laughs> By the way, do you know how he got the name nickname Hollywood? He's not from Hollywood. I like, don't know. I don't understand him. Yeah, maybe yeah. there's a Hollywood in He does have like the, the, I guess, the the Paul Newman, like really blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. the other woman matches her glasses to all of her outfits. I'm like, right. that is how I'm going right. to live past 50 into my, my later years. I, everything's going to match my glasses. <laughs> I love her. I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey. You know, since we are, let's let's get a little bit more into the the comedy and like what's kind of going on in the world right now and has been going on since you know since the academy. I think everyone once I say that, everyone know what we're oh, talking yeah, about yeah. Mm-hmm. you being on doing comedy on the road and just that in general. You know how you enjoy that, but also how you think the the whole thing of the, with Chris Rock getting slapped on stage, what that has the repercussions of that, and what you think about that in general. If it's changed anything, if it hasn't changed anything. Well, I came up in New York. So I started in New York, not Boston. A lot of people think I started comedy in Boston. Sure. I started in New York. You I, grew up in the Boston area, I though, grew right? up in the Boston area. Yeah. I didn't know I wanted to be a comic uh, until a boyfriend of mine who brought a book to the date. Mm. Not a phone. Actually, was reading War and Peace during our date, looked up from the book and goes, I think you're funny. I think you should do comedy. That's how I started. Oh. Wait, wait, what's better to bring on? What's worse to bring on a date? A, a War and Peace or like a fanny pack with, for you? If there's money in the fanny pack and he's paying for dinner, I'm fine. Then it's all good. Okay, yeah, yeah, we're cool. Good. But yeah. the book was a little disconcerting, but sure. he is the reason why I am a stand-up for this day. So coming up through New York, it's tough. I mean, I hosted, thanks to Al Martin and Tommy Sabat, 
I hosted the 12 to 2 a.m. at New York Comedy Club on every Thursday yeah. as a woman, right? And I had to be tough. Like, I either had tons, like, totally, totally sold out or, you know, people from the mental institution and people off the streets coming in and, you know. Yeah. And so I had to be have my wits about me. So, you know, in New York, knock on wood, I never was attacked in New York. I was attacked on stage in L.A. Really? I was attacked on stage. I was part of a litigation. But I was doing some crowd work with these girls from UCLA. And then I moved to another woman. She didn't like the crowd work I was doing with her. And while I was on stage hosting, she came up and she dug her nails into my forearm and then hit me on the top of my head with her Candy's makeup bag. (laughs) Wow. And here's the thing. I saw it and I go, that's a Candy's makeup bag. And then she was drunk and pregnant, actually. And so there was this weird litigation because they were serving a drunk woman alcohol and she got drunker and drunker. Anyway, the thing ended with her throwing rocks towards my head out of the fountain at the front of the venue. Cheers. And none of, and the bouncers didn't come and help me or whatever. But because I'm a performer, the show had to go on. Right. So I'm like, anyway, as a rock flies. Says, anyway, long story short, I did go to the hospital. I had gorgeous firemen take me to the hospital. Oh. So that was good. I got a tetanus shot. I got evaluated for a concussion. I got a little bit of payout for pain and suffering, and it's a closed case. But when the thing that happened with Chris, all of that came up, and I thought that I dealt with it. I was like, okay. And because of that incident, I don't do the kind of crowd work that I did before. I don't. I wasn't censored, but I thought, you know what? I don't know what I'm going to be dealing with, and right. I don't ever want to be in that position again. So I'm an incredible crowd worker. Yeah. Lisa Lampanelli was one of my coaches. She's incredible with crowd work. Legend. Legend. Legendary. But now, since everything's happened and the the divisiveness in our country, I don't dig into the audience unless I know I'm safe, unless I know there are bouncers there that can help, and unless I know it works towards the set. I don't want to suck the air out of the room. I'm good enough that I can come back with something but it's never contentious now. Yeah. Because I am afraid I might get hit. Sure. Or somebody, if they're armed, we just don't know. So after that happened, I wrote it on my socials. I said, okay, Will Smith made it totally okay for people to hit people on stage. Yeah. And people thought I was overreacting some. And then a majority of comics, like comics like myself, you know, headliners, features who are out in the world, we don't know what we're going to get, especially if we're in a town or something we don't know. It can be scary. Or if you're if you're in a part of the country or a town that generally does not have the same, I don't know, comedic sensibilities as you, or that could be even like, you know, sometimes political views are part of our act or just our sensibilities, yeah. right? And so it could be anywhere, right? I mean, it, like for you, maybe the Deep South might not be the same value as you, but it could be somewhere else. could be the Midwest, could be the North, Northwest, whatever, wherever that might be. So if you don't feel comfortable... Like, I can't say I'm a Kennedy in some places. Like, oh, I can't say I'm really? related to the Kennedys. Like, I, I will get... I mean, yeah, they know with my name, but I can... Sometimes I don't do that bit, especially if it's Republican. I don't hmm. even touch it. Okay. Mm-mm. I, you know, I, I was listening to another show where Jeff Ross, who is I love Jeff. the roast, the roast master general, yeah. right? That's what a lot of people know him from. He'll ask who wants to come on stage and be roasted at the end. I guess for him, it's easier to do that because that's what he's known for. But I would say like, it doesn't seem like for you, maybe that would seem like not a natural thing to do. Or how do you slip that in? You know what I mean? But he's the guy who can do it. That's what he does. If you, if you don't feel like you're safe, you just don't do it then. But if there's a situation on stage that I cannot avoid, Mm -hmm. like I did a road gig down in the beach cities down in Orange County. Okay. 
There was a woman that was so drunk, and it was a corporate event. She was so overserved, and she she heckled us the whole time. And so I had to address it. Not heckle in like you suck, none yeah, of that. Right. But she she added her own punchline into everything. Wow. And at some point, I had to say to her, "We're in a library. You need to be quiet." Yeah. <laughs> like I just and I got her, and by that point, she was so drunk that she kind of calmed down. But I will address it if it's a problem, because otherwise everybody's going to be on that and they're not right. going to be on me or yeah, I'm not going to be of service to the show. But ultimately, it is the host's job when we and we had a great host for that gig who has to sort of diffuse it or the bouncer. And and he tried to, too. She was she should have been taken out of the room. She right. wasn't. Yeah. I still got paid. I still had a good set. But I think now I mean, here's the thing that's so funny. If she did come after me on stage, this mm-hmm. woman, I could take her. She was tiny. Sure. But, <laughs> but when, <laughs> I could because, I, le- you know, I'm from Boston. I, I learned how to fight when I was five. Yeah. However, the Candy's purse lady, I, in my head, I kept saying, don't hit her. Don't hit her. Yeah. Don't hit her. Don't engage. Don't engage. And so I don't want to be I don't want to be in a fist fight like on stage. That's Gosh, not what I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I just I. I know myself, and if, like, somebody got on stage, they're getting punched. Or at least I'm going to try to punch them. You know what I mean? Like, because you don't belong up here. Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's a... Yeah. And, you know, and I had points where my husband was in the audience and a really good friend of mine who is a retired comic, a guy started rushing me on stage and yeah. then went and got him. But, you know, it's it's very rare, but I think, you know, I think Chris handled it beautifully. You know, and you just keep going on. I love the art so much that yeah. it didn't stop me from the work, but I am more cautious. How's that? It's weird, though, too, because like you're saying, some of these shows, the security just didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's so different at like a rock show. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> because I'll tell you a great, uh, maybe I've told the story before on the show, but it's worth repeating. And... <laughs> This is how safe, you know, some people feel at a rock show. I was at some big, it might have been like a Lollapalooza even, and Hole was playing, which is Courtney Love's uh, band. Love that band, actually. I thought their music was great and like, you know, very edgy. (laughs) You know, some people don't like Courtney Love. I like her music. Uh, And she turned out she can act a little bit too, you know, Mm -hmm. haven't seen her a bit. Anyway, we're at this show and Hole is playing and there's a drunk guy in the front of the crowd that keeps yelling it's my birthday. Uh, give me a kiss. You know, like, and she, and eventually she goes, she goes, oh, it's your birthday, huh? Oh, you want a kiss? Get your ass up here on stage. The guy climbs up on the stage and immediately gets tackled by three guys who's getting punched by security <laughs> guards. And she just laughs at him. She laughs at him. Like... <laughs> That was a really expensive yeah. kiss. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And and he did not get a kiss. He got kissed in the face with the guy's yeah. punches, you know. <laughs> that was but really the, rough. But that's a like a rock night, show. Yeah. Like, even though she said come up on stage, they got on stage, they still <laughs> He wasn't getting near Courtney Love. Yeah. And what happened to Chappelle at the Hollywood Bowl? Like, you know, he. Dude, that's did. insane. Yeah. So, I mean. And if you know the Hollywood Bowl, it's so far away from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm cautious. I mean, I'm also in a position now where I'm not necessarily hosting. I'm doing more featuring, which means featuring for a headliner or I'm headlining. So I have a really good idea of what the crowd's like before I hit the stage now. And I just, you know, and I'm a mom. I mean, I'm a mom. I'm mumming so hard, as you said. (laughs) I'm a mom and a wife. And so, you know, I have to be careful. I don't want to end up in the hospital. But, you know, for some, I'm not a political comic. 
for some comics, it's really put sort of a damper on their set because they don't. There are the, the rogue comics that will say whatever and the uh, the more insightful they'll do. So they're not having a tough time. It's those middle of the road comics who are just trying to do their job. Right. And, you know, I love comedians that can do crowd work so mm-hmm. much because I think it's just like it's improv. It's not something that's written. Maybe they've said similar things to other people, but it's generally it's tailored towards a certain person in the crowd. You know, and I think for me, look, if I say something and they do crowd work towards me or whatever, look, I'm at a comedy show. They're going to do that. You know, I I don't think I would ever get mad, but I know I, people do sometimes. I love that art form so much and all the different versions. I mean, I could give you like, you know, I love Stephen Wright, who's I don't so think great. I've ever seen do crowd work because no. he doesn't have to because he's he's just kind of like very deliberate joke and then punchline. And then some people get it right away. And then there's the people that 10 seconds later get the joke, right? And then I also love all types of comedians. But, I, you know, one of the first times I ever did, like, one of those open mics at the comedy store, right? Yeah. And I'm sitting there afterwards just watching. And, and I got lucky that, like, Eddie Griffin wanted to, like, try out the material for his new album that he was doing or his live show. And then after him, Dice Clay just shows up. And he's wearing, like, flip-flops, socks with the flip-flops, and, like, a white T-shirt and some pajama bottoms. Yep. And apparently this is true that he like went to the store. His wife wanted him to go to the store and buy something. And he was annoyed that he had to go to the store like one in the morning to buy milk or something. So he goes to the comedy store instead and proceeds to do. <laughs> That's funny. Does no material. Just does crowd work with like whoever is in the crowd the whole time. And I was like, this is genius. I mean, I, I would hate that he wouldn't, you know, or anyone would have that skill and not be able to use it to its full capacity. Because it's a really a skill. It's really, really smart. So. Yeah, it doesn't mean that we're not riffing. Like I, I yeah. riff all the time. Sure, uh, you know if I, you know I will riff all the time. Mm-hmm. I just really try, and this is this is the now. What, now, for just for the people at home, yeah. what do you consider the difference between riffing and doing crowd work? Like, what are the differences? Riffing is, you know, I write my set before I do a show, sure, and then I have my jokes at a punch. Riffing is creating a joke right off the top of your mm-hmm. head. So I will do that. Yeah, it may lead into crowd work, but now I make sure that that crowd work will lead back to me. Because if I depend on the crowd right. to give me that punchline, that's not going to work. Okay. So that's what I do. And I'm also more controlled. And I also really use my intuition and all that stuff. And I'll know there is, you know, I did a recent show. There was a guy in the front row that yet again was giving his own tags. Mm-hmm. And I just, I really ignored him. <laughs> I was like, I'm not getting involved. Because he was the type of person I knew he was, he wasn't there to play. He was right. there to get his... He really wanted to be on stage. He wanted to be part of the show. Yeah, and I just said, you know, and was he was he going to, like, take me down? No. Yeah. But he was going to be annoying. And I used to focus, when I was a young baby comic, I used to focus on the people that weren't joining in. Mm. Like, I would be like, no, you're going to listen to me. And now I've changed my tune, especially when you're headlining. Like, just do your set. Do your set. That's what they're paying for, yeah. you know? yeah. So, yeah, so that's kind of where we're at. And I'm glad, like, I know Will did a, you know, a, I'm a sorry love letter to Chris <laughs> on, on the YouTube or whatever. But I kind of enjoy that Chris has kept his mouth shut and just kind of, you know, I mean, his tour. He said some stuff recently, though, you know. He, where, he did? Yeah, oh. yeah. Where I was like, ooh, he is a little, he is a little salty about it. And he's allowed to be. Yeah, course. but is he doing like a YouTube presentation or is no, he saying it in passing? No, it's, yeah. it's. During, like, him being interviewed somewhere or, or during a show or something. Yeah. Well, and I mean, yeah. And I think for you and I, who yeah. I think we both at some point want to be in a, a nominated, right? I don't know. Maybe sure. you have been nominated. I mean, no, I, I haven't. But, but, I mean, at some point, I think 
you know, I would really enjoy being nominated. Yeah, absolutely. I would be so pissed if something like that happened and took away my thunder. <laughs> yeah. Who who won the next award? Was it W. Kamau Bell? Is yeah, that who it was? I think so. Yeah, I'd be annoyed if I was him. But he'll probably be nominated again. I mean, I mean, you can say that. Like, that guy's so talented. He will be nominated again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. He's just so smart and has such an interesting... And he's funny. You know, as a comic, I think we also... And, and I'll say this here. We also have a responsibility. Yeah. I think a lot of people... Free speech, free speech, free speech. <clears throat> yes, I'm 150% for mm-hmm. free speech. But as a public person, yeah. and once I booked New Fiona, I became a little bit more public. Sure. We have a responsibility mm-hmm. in our art in a lot of ways to know that we may be accountable. And what are we putting out there? Yeah. And how are we, you know, how are we reacting to things? And where do we stand? And so... Look, I will say this, too. I think we do have responsibility. Maybe not, like, not legally. No. But I think morally and and as trying to be a good person and as good a person as I can be. Because none of us are perfect. You know, we no. all have things that we wish we hadn't done. But there's different levels to these things, too, right? I mean, I have even a list of people that I tell my team, which would be my manager and my agents, I don't want to work this person because of I know of you know, because of things, you know. Really? Yeah. Wow, yeah. good for you. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's maybe a list of like four people, but like I don't want to work on projects with these people. And there are people that work all the time, but I choose to not like work with people that I feel like have had some kind of incident with somebody that I know. So I'm like, I'm going to believe my friend and I'm not, and, and you know, I'm just not going to, look, there are plenty of projects out there and I'm just not going to choose to be a part of a project with someone that has done different things like that. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. no, that's really great. And how was your team? How did they react to that? They're great with it. You know? Yeah, so that's great. And yeah, there, but there's been one or two times where I'm like, oh, you know, this person's on this show, right? So I'm not going to do it, you know? <laughs> and they're like, oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Well, good for you. Yeah. I like that you're, you know. You know? I mean, look, I'm, I'm, I feel weird saying it because I'm not trying to say that because I'm better than everyone else. I just like, I don't feel comfortable. I value my friendships and I value, you know, the people that, that, that I love. And also in general, I feel people should feel safe in their work environment. You know, I mean, I, I don't, just like with you on stage, I, I wish no one had to deal with that. So in, for my part, I'm not going to try to work with people that have done things where they don't pe- make people feel safe. Well, yeah. And we, you know, we're the character actors. We're the, we're the ones that are working all the time, you know, and I think I feel the same way. And so it is a shame that you have to do that. But I think it also is a testament to who you are. And there's certain people I won't work with. And, you know, I've had deals with people, Mm -hmm. you know, um, we call them pilots out here where, you know, some of the people that were involved in the pilot went behind me and and did stuff, even though I signed an agreement that they weren't supposed to. Mm. And so in my little brain, I go, I'm not going to be working with them. Right. Well, that's the thing, too, is we also get to choose the projects that we do as much as like part of you is like, I have to take every job, you know, that they offer me. But you don't have to because, you know, not every job you do is going to make you feel good or advance your career or I don't know. Well, and then you end up having to promote it. Like that's the other thing. If you worked with that person and if they're higher on the call sheet than you, you end up having to promote it. And then it's this whole thing. And I, so I'm so proud of you for, for taking that stand. I hope I'm not on that list. Am I? No, I would (laughs) always work with you, Mary Kennedy. I would always work with you. Well, thanks for talking about all that stuff being on the road and all your perspective on all this. Cause I think it's, it's interesting to hear from someone that's actually, cause I, you know, I don't, I've never been on the road as a comedian. I've done like, you know, open mics and a few things here and there. If somebody invites me to the show, but I'm not to the level of you, you know, like 
you've done much more stand-up comedy than I have. And I don't even think at this point I can really call myself a stand-up. I'm not. I've, I've, I'm a person that's done it a few times. You know what I mean? In the greater scheme yeah. of things, yeah, you well, know, yeah, I've, yeah. I've as, as, as some of my friends like from Nebraska would say, I fiddle fucked around with it, you know. <laughs> is that a thing? That's, is that a saying anywhere else? I don't know. No, not in Boston. Yeah. No, no. But, but you, you listen, there are so many actors that yeah. refuse to do stand up, you know, they're scared because they're they don't have a script. I think it's um, it's not it's their script. You that's know? too bad because next to maybe like doing a Broadway show, I think it's like the biggest high you could have as an mm-hmm. actor when you succeed, and it's also like the lowest of lows <laughs> when you fail, <laughs> you know, which you're going to, you're going to eat it repeatedly. I think uh, many times, many many times, even like the most successful comedians sometimes don't have the greatest sets, and you know, it, whether it's because the crowd's not with them or they had an off night or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I've been doing it for 24 years and um, I can count on my hands how many times I've truly bombed. Yeah. Like where I probably should have been put into protective custody as I walked to my car. No, I mean, it wasn't. It was just, I knew how bad it was. Yeah. And then, but the more I do it, there are times that I'll have sets that I'll do really, really, really well, but I don't feel like I'm in it. Yeah. And so like after the show, people are like, that was so amazing. You're so funny. But in my own heart, I'll go, yeah, it wasn't my best. Yeah. But then it's just like, you know, somebody, I don't know who told me this or if I heard it somewhere, but they're like, you know what? They had a great time. You did it. They had a great time. So just... Just say thank you, you know, Yeah. whether no matter how you felt about it, because also just like when we do our auditions, how we feel we did has nothing to do whether we're going to get the job. Right. Well, yeah. One of my students was like shocked that they booked a job and I understand why he booked the job. But he is like, I'm shocked. And I was like, no. I mean, same thing with me. There's some some stuff like, you know, I I booked a commercial a while back. I went to a director because there's a national commercial three times. And I thought like, I must be sucking it because I just never felt like I. And he he booked me and he told me on set, he goes, the reason why I booked you is because I just like your energy and I wanted you on set. Sometimes it's as simple as that, you know. One time I booked a job and I was up for like three jobs and they said, oh, you got this one job. And I I literally said, How? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, great. But how? <laughs> how did I get that? No, I know. I mean, and and like we talked about, I know I'm going maybe into a different topic that maybe that's okay. You know, we can go on into every topic. Yeah. But and we talked about this when I was eating. We got to talk about what we ate too. Um, now that we do self tapes as actors, yeah, and also for those comedy shows and things mm-hmm. on. We're, I'm sending tapes for that too. Sure. You know. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, I okay. sent it. Yeah, and so, um, but I told you when we met, I was like, it's like putting stuff into the abyss. Yeah. Like it's me and my husband recording these. You know, because yeah. my husband does sure. editing and he films me. It's me and my husband doing these things, and sometimes I do go to a coach if I have to. But it's so funny because I go, well, well, how do you think I did? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then I send it off, and like. So, you know, my agents are great that they'll say, listen, and my manager will go, it was great. Like, I had this one big movie audition. I sent it to them first, and they totally gave me some notes, and then I sent it off. But, you know, we're really in, like, an abyss. Yeah. Like, I don't know, you know. I Look, I, my, I think my wife has said, like, well, maybe I'm paraphrasing, but, like, I don't think she has many more things that she thinks are funnier than when she's recording my self-tape, and then she's watching me watch it back to see if I think I'm going to use it or not. And she's like, and then you're kind of, like, going along with it. <laughs> you're like... <laughs> mouthing the words and like, <laughs> like hoping hoping that I did something okay yeah all right 
And this, this is just, but then this is just still my impression of what I think is good, which may not at all be what they think is good. I did a thing the other day where I a self taper. I was like, ah, oh, that was really good. But then I'm like, but it said, are you from Boston in the slate? Which is like when oh, you yeah, say we that. About yeah, this, yeah, and I was like, oh, I just don't think they're gonna. I'm gonna beat out all these people that actually are from Boston because I'm not. I'm never gonna try to. If it says they're from Boston, I'm not gonna try to be a better. Bostonian than someone who's from Boston, you know, I'm just going to try to be myself. And hopefully they're like, oh, yeah, we like this, too. You know? Yeah. No, you can't. Um, and you shouldn't and you shouldn't lie on it either and say, well, no, no, never. Yeah, I'm from freaking Boston. Yeah, and they're like, like <laughs> I went for I went to Harvard. I know that my axe is a little too thick. Maybe I'm dumb. But it's a little I, New York. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. See, I don't do a Boston accent. Yeah. It's a little New York. No. Sorry, I'm recording this in my yard. I just like all the words that I can do the A-H for the R's. <laughs> So funny. I'm like, no, that's a little New York, but they're very close. Yeah. They're and very- yes, I do like apples. Uh, I don't know. Is that from Goodwill Hunting? I don't, I don't do Boston. I like apples. Yeah. No, but the, the biggest thing, I love the whole uh, Rachel Dratch is in a commercial. She goes, it's a smart car. Like, <laughs> Yeah, we do sound like that. So yeah. I can help you. But she's from. Well, she's from that. Yeah. yeah. yeah Did you yeah. park it in Bill Ricca? Right. Yeah. Yeah, That's I popped it. Like, so you know what I mean? Like, yeah. well, I'll help you next time you have a boss. No, I, I don't ever get them. It's just, I don't <laughs> think it was it was necessarily had to be a person from Boston, but right. I think maybe. That's how it was written, and that's what they were thinking of. So probably went to somebody like that, you know. Or or when they call you and like I did, I sent my movie audition, and they wanted a you know a person from the UK. You know, uh, I did one where I was from the UK, another one was from Ireland, mm-hmm. and I have relatives. Yeah. But if they want somebody from the UK or Ireland, they're going to get somebody from the UK or Ireland. They're probably not going to use me. So sorry to interrupt the festivities, but we were just having so much fun with Mary Kennedy that we are going to have to continue this next week with part two of the return of Mary Kennedy on Breakfast. Breakfast with Brent Pope. Help support it by buying some awesome swag like the comfy shirts and the beautiful coffee mugs. Go to breakfaststore.com.